Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, welcome to the Sportive. It's the uh, half century, the uh, 50th episode of the Sportive. They said we'd never make it, and they were absolutely wow. right. But here we are, anyway, doing the 50th episode of the show. Uh, it's the NHL trade deadline day episode of the Sportive. Obviously, on a day this important, we had to record a podcast. Uh, with me, as always, we've got our other NHL expert, Brandon. Yodis B. Uh, Stu is also here, our second hockey expert. Spring break! <laughs> and our final hockey expert down in Cannon Falls, it's Clarence. What's up, fuckers? How's it going? It's going well. So the wild, I, the big news today was the Wild making somewhat of a big trade. I think we can call this a big trade, don't you think? Sure. Why not? They they dealt Tory Mitchell, who's terrible, struggling fourth-line forward Tory Mitchell, and a couple of draft picks. Their Winnipeg's second rounder this year and their own second rounder in a couple years in 2016 for somebody I've never heard of, Cody McCormick. I can't even remember his first name. And Cody, Cody, McCormick. Cody McCormick, heir to the Spice Fortune. Yep, heir to the Spice Fortune. Yep. And awesome. the the big piece who is Matt Molson, who started the year with the Islanders, was traded to Buffalo for Thomas Vanek, and now has been traded by Buffalo to the Wild. He's a guy that scored, I think we can say he's the new Brian Ralston. I think that's fair. He scored 30 goals three years in a row. He's big enough without getting taking a lot of penalties or getting in fights or anything. He's just sort of Brian Ralston all over. Can you please um, 
when comparing players, compare them to North Stars of like the late '80s and early '90s for the rest of us. Is he like a yeah. Dave Gagne? Is he a Dino Cicerelli? Is he is not a Dino Cicerelli? He is he an Ulf Dahlin? He almost always has his no. pants on when he goes to get the mail. Well, then I hate him. I don't know. It's hard to compare people to the to the North Stars of the late '80s because those teams were basically Mike DeMadano, who was awesome, Brian Bellows, who was kind of good, and then twenty Boons. <laughs> well, what about Mark Tenorti? Tenorti. Shane Sherlock, Goon. Ulf Dahlin, Goon. Ulf Dahlin. God, my Bellows. dad hated Ulf Dahlin. Oh, I just sit here and I think about my father. You think you? it's not any fucking mystery where I got this from, why I am this way. I, I sit and I think about my father hollering at Ulf Dahlin on the television set. <laughs> <laughs> I just sit here and I think about those memories of my dad throwing a beer can at the television and swearing at Ulf Dahlin. You chicken's shit, Eastern Bloc, pansy. <laughs> and now here I am. And the cats in the in the Anyways. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. Great band. So Clarence and I talked about this a little bit on Twitter, but let's talk about it here as well. They ended up we we had a lot of conversations about whether it was Mitchell and a pick or whether it was multiple picks, and it turned out to be Mitchell plus multiple picks. So Yeah, I Molson, was following along. I was really on the edge of my seat for that one. <laughs> Molson is a guy whose contract is up at the end of the year. Actually McCormick's contract's up at the end of the year too. They're both unrestricted free agents. So is two picks plus Tory Mitchell too much to pay for Matt Molson? This year is this year's draft is universally to a person extremely watered down. Everybody says that, and when everybody says it, they're probably right. Doesn't mean you couldn't you couldn't pick a diamond in the rough in the second round, and you are giving up a legitimate prospect by trading away that second rounder this year? Uh, maybe, but they're saying it's, the chances are slim. The second rounder in 2016, the additional one, everybody's kind of speculating that that was the throw-in for the t- for Torrey Mitchell, mm-hmm. that uh, you know his contract, asking Buffalo to eat his contract. Yeah, Buffalo basically paid $3 million for that pick. Yeah, it, exa- well, that's exactly it. And, and so that's the speculation. Um, it provides the Wild with some salary cap room next year, was what that, and yep. they had to give up a second rounder in sixteen to do that. I, I don't know. I, so next year they're set up pretty well to to have a big off season. They're going to have um, Heatley. Heatley will be off the books. Maybe they can move Brodziak. God, if the Angels up in heaven allow, they can move Backstrom. It, it won't happen, but. You know, stranger shit has happened, and the salary cap's going to go up. And now they got Tory Mitchell off the books. They're going to have some salary cap room next year, and some young guys coming back, and some established veterans with skill and talent coming back. Um, it really sets them well up for the off season. What does it do for this season? <sighs> I don't know. They're, the NHL playoffs are what they are. You could catch fire. Could Darcy Kemper be the new goalie theory? My goalie theory. Could he be the new Jonathan Quick? Why the fuck not? I, I don't know. Why can't he be? He's got, they now have three to four strong, skilled, well-skating, fast lines, offensive lines that can also play defense. They're still weak on the 
second and third defensive pairings aren't quite that great. Do they match up well with the other top teams in the West? Probably not. So they need a lot of luck to get out of the first round of the playoffs. I think I just went over everything. I, don't, I gave a lot of questions. I don't know if I gave a lot of answers. Well, John. but at the same time, I don't think we have to talk about the Wild ever again because that's pretty much everything when it comes to the Wild right there. It's, I mean, there's a lot of questions, especially there's certainly questions in goal. They also traded for Ilya Brzezgalov who we haven't decided what his sportive name is going to be, but I'm sure it's going to be epic when we finally decide on it. He's <laughs> one of the man, he's one of the great characters in the league, just based basically on one minute and a half clip from uh, NHL 24-7 on HBO leading up to one of the Winter Classics where he started talking about the universe and how big how big the universe is and how tiny a part of the solar system which is a tiny part of the galaxy which is a tiny part of the universe and his conclusion was so why worry about anything just be happy <laughs> i'm not afraid of anything yeah except for bear <laughs> except for bear bear in woods <laughs> so is he a, is he a goofball even grading on the curve of goalies He's even for yes. a goalie and That's even for a russian amazing and even for a russian goalie He's a goofball. He's out there. He's a space wow. He is out there, which is great. I love it. So he immediately has become the most sported player in the wild. Yep. Ypsilanti, yeah. pop secret. He is our guy. <laughs> and we gave up a fourth rounder for him, right? Yeah, we basically gave up nothing for him, which is exactly what you want out of this. So yeah. I guess I'm... I guess I'm um, so draft picks just don't matter in hockey? Is that right? Is that what no, we're saying, basically? They, they do, absolutely that, do, uh, but it's like a fourth-rounder in any other sport. The consensus is... I mean, you can get a pretty decent player is... for a fourth-rounder in the NFL, right? Yeah, but there's 22 yes. starters on a football team. Okay. Okay, so this is a little bit closer to basketball? Yeah, this is... Well, it's certainly closer <sighs> to basketball. Not all the way not to quite, basketball. Not quite, but... It's not a perfect analogy. Hockey players play longer, and there's less starters. Yeah. Uh-huh. So... The, the opportunity for a draft pick to get uh, his foot in the door is less than in football where guys have shorter careers and there's just way more positions. Okay. So fourth rounder just doesn't, it's maybe a sixth rounder in football or, um, yeah, whatever. I'd say a fourth rounder in the NHL is closer to a seventh rounder in football. Or... It still matters. Maybe I mean, a second it's... half of the second round in basketball. But again, the consensus is that this is maybe one of the weakest drafts in history, and that they gave up a fourth rounder in one of the weakest drafts in history. It just doesn't it doesn't mean much, and it was a fourth rounder that they had stockpiled through another trade, so it wasn't even their own. Nineteen ninety six so, was a very bad year for procreation in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, don't remind me. They lost the World Cup of Hockey, and they just created an entire generation of sad Canadian players, just angry, bad hockey players. Yep. Huh. Okay. So, Tori Mitchell, you said is not good. Is he not good and old, or just not good and young? I mean, is there anything? He is to that not. Guy? He's not worth the contract that they gave him a couple of years ago. He is a fourth line uh, center that demand. You know, asked. The reports are that he asked to be traded because he wasn't getting enough minutes here. So you trade, you got an overpaid fourth line center that got traded to Buffalo, where he will be a overpaid third line center on a, one of the worst teams in the league. 
so it it didn't work out very well for Tori. I guess is no. what I'm getting at. He'll go from what seven minutes, six minutes a game to on a winning team to like ten. Yeah, he'll play. A game he'll play twelve on a, a shitty team, but he won't no, play right. in the playoffs. Yep. So ESPN for the NBA has this trade machine thing. I don't know if you ever played with it, but they basically use some, you know, you can make up fake trades and if they work for the salary cap, they'll tell you like this makes this team two wins better this year or whatever. If they had one of those for the NHL, which why would they? Um, but if they did, what do you think it would say about the wild for this season? I think this makes between Brizgalov and Molson, I think this makes the Wild three quarters to one win better this year. Oh, really? Okay. All well, right. Statistics. I think they'll yeah. score. Well, they'll they'll probably score. Well, maybe it's more than one win. They'll probably score five more goals than they would have otherwise. The regular what it does for the regular season is irrelevant. That they're going to be a seventh seed. They're that's kind of. That book yeah. is almost closed. They're they're far ahead of the next of the eight seed, mm-hmm. and they're far behind the six. You know the the number three in their division. They're going to play whichever team wins the central division, basically. Whether that's, that's right, St. Louis or Chicago. What this does is it makes their offense in the playoffs that much more difficult to match up with. It gives them three solid lines, which they didn't have. Danny Heatley is not a top two. He's not a top six forward. He shouldn't be on a second line on a playoff team that expects to go anywhere. This knocks Danny Heatley off the, the one of the top two lines. Except Molson it doesn't. We just, you just know he'll play on the top two lines. Somehow he will, but Jesus, Lord Almighty, I hope it doesn't. It, it shouldn't. It should. You could realistically say that he could be a healthy scratch now. He does. I mean, he doesn't have a great role on yeah. this team. He's not but fast just, enough to be a third or fourth liner. But he's not in the top six forwards anymore, so where do you put him? He's completely ineradicable. He's the herpes of hockey. (laughs) (laughs) You can treat him, but you can't get rid of him because he just it's like you said, it's like Clarence said on Twitter today. If if some if he got hurt for the entire year, they'd name him coach tomorrow somehow. He'd be a player (laughs) coach for the rest of the season. (laughs) What the hell? You finally think you got rid of him and yeah, no, he's the hang is Jersey in the rafters. You scrub and scrub and scrub, post. but those bumps aren't going away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, back to the first point. Yeah, I do think it makes them. It's it's irrelevant for the regular season. I do think it makes them a stronger playoff team. What do you think of that potential third line? I I forget who Russo had on the third line, but it was something like Molson. No, Molson was on the second line. It was Nino and Cook, and who was centering that line? Coyle. I think he had Coyle on there, which I don't like. We've talked about since the beginning of the season. Yeah, Coyle's oh, not. Coyle I don't like him at center. He should be a wing. Yeah, He should be on that second line as the wing. I want the, the third line to be Halla at center, Zucker at left wing, and Nino, the nutter butter at, at right wing. Young, but, skilled, fast, big, strong. That's not easy to line up with. It's, no. it's not easy to match up with as an opposing team. That's the guys you want to try to match up with as a third line. Well, good luck. I would like that, I, I like our chances. Would that make Coyle the fourth line right wing? Uh no, I said Coyle as the second line right wing. Coyle's at the second line. And Heatley would yeah. be on the fourth line again. No, Heatley wouldn't wouldn't be playing. He'd be a healthy scratch. He'd be shot in the fucking outer space. Matt <laughs> Cook would be your fourth line left left wing. 
Brodziak would be your fourth line center and uh, oh fuck right wing if somebody were missing. Here. Who cares? Oh, the heir to the spice fortune, McCormick would yeah, be the right Cody wing. McCormick. Yeah. Or Fontaine. Yeah. Or Fontaine, Red that's Palmer what it was. Fontaine. I knew we were missing somebody. Fontaine is the right wing on the fourth line. That's t- four lines that are difficult to match up with. Well, other than any line like with it. Kyle Brodziak on it. Well, he, it's again, there's six minutes a game. There's yeah. a fuck goal out there. Like a dump and chase for a couple, skate up and down, get back in the bench. God bless you, Kyle Brodziak. His role is to give, uh, you know, Parisi and Pominville and those, those guys a breather. <laughs> Go out there for 30 seconds, let those guys catch their breath, and then get the fuck off the ice. So here's here's one thing I was confused about a little bit, Clarence. We talked I, on the podcast and Twitter a little bit about how it was sort of pointless to give anybody up for Ryan Miller because they were going to give up players, and it just didn't make sense. Then they did the Brisgalov trade, and more or less that made sense because especially once we found out that they were shutting Backstrom down for the year just because yep. they need somebody to play goalie behind Kemper. and. It's Harding won't play. It, yeah. It's dangerous to hear the to think the words. This team will only go as far as Darcy Kemper can take them because it's Darcy Kemper still as good as he's been. There's still a guy who's played a total of 20 NHL games now. But at the same time, today you were you were pretty much all about the wheeling and dealing, and I was surprised about that because I thought we had agreed that not wheeling and dealing was the way to go for the Wild this year. Uh, wheeling and dealing that doesn't significantly mortgage a future. That's I'm fine with that, and I think they did that. Well, they traded two high prospects in the sense that they traded two second round draft picks. That this year's second rounder doesn't doesn't worry me as much as that 16. I know it's a ways off. Off. Uh, that could be a better draft this year. Everybody's just saying, man, there's nobody in this year's draft. Don't, don't they? When they it. say there's not a good draft in other sports, it usually just means that. Top few guys aren't you know aren't franchise players. Well, they're saying from top all to the bottom. Way through. Historically, this year. is one of the worst drafts ever, huh. top to bottom. Yep. Right. So if there was ever a year where, where you were going to try to pull something like this off, this is the year. And it's they also still have a second rounder this year too. It's worth mentioning that they traded the one that they got for trading Devin Setaguchi to the to the Jets, not the not their own pick, not that those. Two picks will be different. In fact, Winnipeg's pick will be better than the Wilds' pick. But when you look at it that way, trading Devin Setaguchi for Matt Molson, fuck, that's shit, yeah. Yeah, that even for twenty out. games of Molson, that's still a win. It worked out pretty well. Yeah. Do you think Gooch. they'll resign him, Molson? Yeah, I think he is plan. He is left wing plan B. I think they're going to go hard after Vanek. They're not going to do both of them. They wouldn't have a spot for both of them. They're going to go hard after Vanek. It's almost a done deal. But if that somehow falls through, Vanek changes his mind and somebody whisks him away, then I think Molson would be plan B, which is good. Now they've got plan A and plan B. Let me ask Either you way, this, they're in pretty good shape. Let me ask you this, Clarence. I have no idea who is a free agent on the defenseman market for next year, but would you rather sign another top-end defenseman or would you rather sign Vanek? I would. I think they have the ability to do both with the, with the cap space that they're going to have. Sure. I don't. Know. I've looked into it a little bit. The guys, the guy I like the best, I guess, is Niskanen. Even though, you know, he didn't. Yeah, I like Nis. That's the kind of defenseman I'd like to see him go after. 
And um, where did Matt Niskanen play his college hockey, Brandon? Let's not talk about that. Matt Niskanen, <laughs> uh, University of Thunder Bay. Oh, Lord Almighty. Brandon, nobody craps in your cereal when you talk about basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. You guys do. Like, Actually, we do. Yeah, pretty much the whole time. <laughs> He's a bulldog, Brandon. Yes. Go dogs. He's the kind of guy I'd like to see them go after. I think they'd still have room to go after him and Vanek. Throw a bag of pucks out there. Let's play. Fuck it. Yeah, that seems like a fairly excellent team right there with Vanek and yeah. Diskinen. Yep. And see, the goalie situation would still be a big question mark. Um, but, man, you've really shored up a lot of the holes right there. They're, they're in good position for the future. They really are. How do you how are you feeling about Chuck Fletcher right now? Well, pretty damn good. Like I said, they're in pretty good position for the future. They've got three or four guys on the horizon that are not just marginal prospects, but pretty pretty big prospects. So not only do they have some pretty good veterans, they've got some pretty good guys on the doorstep of really breaking out in Hollazucker, um, Nutter Butter. Fontaine, Scandella, Spurgeon, those guys really stepped up this year. Granlin, you can't speak, talk enough about how big mm-hmm. Granlin's been this year. Kemper stepped up. And then you've got this next wave of guys that are 18, 19, 20 that aren't there yet that are really good. Also, they're not just marginal. They're supposed to be really good, highly coveted guys. So he's done a pretty good job. He's nailed a, a bunch of drafts. He's effed up a handful of trades, but he's done well on some others. Um, Does he vault to the top of your GM rankings at this point? Well, we still talk about we add in ADs, so Teague is still at the top. Um, I will say this. At the end of the day, this team, the Minnesota Wild, has still underachieved this year. They will be seventh, and I would say if you you gave the the Wild front office a truth serum, they would... Yep, at the beginning of the season, they would have expected a higher finish than seventh. I think this is disappointing. What did we predict um, them as? I predict, predicted that they would barely make the playoffs. Was I was I overly optimistic and predicted them fifth or sixth in the conference, I think? I, I don't remember, John. I want to say you did, yeah. I wasn't listening. And I think they I mean, had, no, with the amount <laughs> The amount of money that Leopold spent in the you know has spent um, the, eff- the effort that he's put in, I think seventh is a disappointment. At the end of the day, seventh is a, is a disappointment. So we, we're excited today because they made a big trade. They're trying to do something, and, and they're pretty well situated for the future. But just this season under a microscope has to still has to be considered a disappointment. That said. If they go into the conference finals or something in the playoffs, well, this season is uh, is a win. It is no longer a disappointment. So the playoffs will tell the full story, as they always do. Uh, speaking of disappointment, uh, let's talk about the Twins, and specifically I'm just going to say the words Miguel Sano, and then we're going to have a moment of silence. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Oh. What happened? Why did this happen? Because what? it's the twins. Why? I wrote a 
thing for Twinkie Town that said bad things haven't happened yet. Why did you do that? Why, why did you, why did I, you I do that? Why do you hate I us so much? Know. I don't know. I thought we could, I thought we'd be okay. Why <laughs> would you? Okay. Why would you think that, man? Why would you yank on Fate's jugs like that? I I don't know. We yank on John's jugs, not Fate's. Jugs? Yeah, I know. Jugs and yeah. Fate just ends up those jugs come back and windmill you in the face. Yeah, I just I just I just the circle of life. You guys know that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's like it's like ran right in that thing on the timber holes today, and then you know, <laughs> knowing full well the Knicks are coming to town and blow the timber holes out. You know, the one of the worst teams like in the one of the worst teams in existence. And truly they're terrible currently team. had by thirteen, and they're beating the timber holes one hundred one eighty eight with six minutes to go on the fourth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're hilarious. a terrible team. But let's uh, get back to the other terrible team, the Twins. Um, yeah. The a position player is having Tommy John surgery because it, that happens. What? It's effectively like if a pitcher had broken his ankle sliding into third base. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yes, pretty much. There's just no. Yeah, it's just. Uh, what? Why? What did we do? I, why? I don't know. I don't know. When do? <laughs> what is enough? When, do we, what, when have we when do we get enough? Nice things? Uncle. Okay, if we say uncle, is that enough? Okay. Yeah, seriously, just, I, I, I just, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't even know him, and I miss him so much already. Like we had very little to look forward to this year. This year was about, hey, let's keep an eye on Sano, how he does down in AAA. Because we think Sano was probably a few steps ahead of Buxton. A, yeah, he was going to be, yeah. We were going to, oh, let's see if he tears it up, and can he get up at... You know, at the All Star break and start hitting home runs, fuck, it's gonna be fun to watch. And now it's like, let's see if Correa's changeup is working. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Gaduno's been healthy. Yeah. <sighs> basically, my reason to watch the Twins this year is to make sure I win my bet with Rand about Mike Pelfrey. Let's see. Let's look at Fort Myers' box scores and see how Cole Stewart, Stewart's doing. That's gonna be fun. We're just gonna have to make a bunch more. Bets with um, Rand, so we all have other stuff to watch. Yep. Just have money and beer. Yeah. That's it. It's the only thing that we have going for us right now. <sighs> Mr. Optimism. He's our he's our only hope. Let's win money off him. All right, John, you wanted us to use today tonight's segment to uh, give our predictions for the season. Do we want to start doing that? Yeah, we did. We, we did want to talk predictions up? for the Twins this year. So let's start with number of wins. Number of twin Twins this year. I'm going to go with Stu first. Uh, I said 59 last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. 61. <laughs> 61. Bob Proven. optimism. I'm predicting just disaster. And well, better than it, last year. Yeah. My prediction is pain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 61, <laughs> everybody gets fired, basically. So they won how many last year? 66? 63? 66, yep. 60, yep. So five so 66 and 96. So you're yeah, thinking... I, everyone else is predicting a little better because it started as, I mean, it's starting pitcher, which is, you know, a little better now. Not great, but better because it was really, really bad. But I just figure since, you know, good things can't happen to us 
it'll just get worse. So yeah. that's all. That's our rule of low expectations too. You got that one down. Yep. Yep. So sixty one. Everyone gets fired. There. It would be really it would take a sixty one for everybody to get fired, right? I mean old Bill Pollard's oh. off making movies, winning not Shannon's Oscars. Yep. No one, no one's paying attention to all of these guys. They're making okay money, and they're all writing it off on their taxes. It would have to be an absolute, like, an absolute dumpster fire, the likes of which we haven't seen for everybody to get fired at this point. Yeah, they would really have to win that. fifty-seven or fewer games. They'd make. I don't even think that Terry Ryan's even, not getting fired. They're, they're yeah, not even firing. Then he would have to step aside. He he will. They'll never fire Terry Ryan. Not in a million years, billion, gazillion years. He would. I would to love to be quit. a fly on the wall for that meeting. Like guys, I'm really bad at my job. I need to go. You guys need to start paying attention to this. I'm terrible are you sure? at my job. Terry, are you? Are Terry, you sure? I mean, you're already here. You're on the payroll. We have to hire someone <sighs> new. Got your name on the door. I mean, you know how much it costs to get a guy to Ugh, get a I'm new thing I, on the door. I'm due out at Sundance next week. Uh, <laughs> Filming a movie out at the Cannes Film Festival. Are you sure, buddy? Just hire some, just the next guy in line. He can take it. Get Billy oh, Smith back in. We still he still, we have still have some business cards left of his. Even if they are, even if they do, fuck. If he steps aside, they can't allow him to name his replacement again. As badly as Bill Smith went, I mean that was Terry Ryan's call last time. They're not going to let him do that again, would they? Let's get the finance guy in. He'll be fine. That's all <laughs> baseball is. It's just, oh, just Bob Anthony? Numbers. Yeah, I mean, he's going to say Bob Anthony, and it's... Uh, Terry, don't... Let's not, let's not go down this road, because I feel bad for Terry Ryan, and I don't want to start down this road. So, let's go a different direction. I don't want to rip on Terry Ryan tonight. Oh, damn it. That's all I had. I had seven pages of notes. <laughs> all right, uh, Brandon, how, how many games will the Twins win? All right, Bovada has them at 70.5. That's the over-under, yes. Which, to me, seems really high. To think that they picked up six and a half wins from last year um, is weird to me. Um, I don't know exactly know where we're where we're seeing those six wins. I guess maybe just... I mean, am I missing something? It's really just Rocky Nabisco and uh, uh, Philly Hughes, right? That's kind of yeah. the main change for the season. There's uh, Suzuki taking over and Maurer moving to first. And besides that, I, you know, Presley and Center doesn't do a whole lot. And no. no. They're same old idiots that uh, were awful last year. So I, I cannot see how they're going to get the over, but I'm usually the opposite, so I'm going to say 71 wins. All right. All right, Clarence. Well, they have the worst offense in the division, and baseball is still... I I try to look at the divisions, how they line up in the division, because they play so many games within the division now, scheduled the way it is, 19 games for each against each team. They're Mm -hmm. still the worst offense in the division. They're still the worst defense in the division. And I think you could argue that their pitching, as much as money as they spent, is still their starting pitching is still the worst in the division. Yeah, I think they might have improved to the 14th best staff in the American League to maybe 13th. Yeah, um, their bullpen is okay. So of the four main components in baseball, 
Um, they're good at the least important one. They're good at the least important one. Excellent. Especially in the division. Um, I will say 69, just because I like saying 69. <laughs> yeah, you do. That's pretty funny. That's a funny yeah. number. Nailed it's it. Great. Yep. But, uh, man, I'm just not very optimistic. They're banking on, like you said, Nabisco, Philly Hughes, uh, Pelfrey being a, you know another year removed from Tommy John, and uh, Korea keeping what he did last year, keeping that up. And then one of the other guys that are fighting for the fifth spot, really stepping up and taking that by the ring. That's what they're counting on. The offense. They're counting they, on. They're counting on that. And what you're saying right there is is sort of a best case scenario, right? I mean, it's really it different. It's a best case. That's what they're realistic on. best case scenario. Like, um, what would that get them in terms of ranking in the American League in pitching? The realistic, like, if these guys all perform to what we think we can, we may possibly be like what the eighth best. ERA in the AL. Oh, man, that'd be a I mean, high jump. Be, they went. They went they really they to go from from worst to average. So wishful thinking is eighth, and then that's coupled by wishful thinking for the offense. Again, realistically speaking, dude, I don't know. 11th, How what eleventh best? Well, so uh, Arcia would have to take a huge jump. Um, yep. Dozier would have to not regress. They'd have to get a big jump from Maurer because of the position switch. Yep, and Suzuki holds his own. Suzuki can't hold his own. He can't. <laughs> I don't know what he can't already. stand up. He's, never mind, hold his own. Fuck. He's not. He has a track record. He he's not twenty three years old. And well, maybe yep. he'll outperform. No, he is who he is. Same that's, with Ploof, right? Ploof's an adult. He's a grown up. Ploof is twenty seven. Yeah, he's man. He had one good month, and that's it. Great form, though. Great, great. They form. have to hope. I guess maybe the new hope is that with Sano out, that he doesn't have as much pressure on him. And fuck, he hasn't had any pressure on him for a year and a half, and he hasn't done shit. Nobody in that so, organization has pressure on them. No, no, that's a great point. Pete Florimone, Oh man, that guy, that guy can't can't catch really, a break. Lil Anthony get, Randolph. <laughs> And uh, Willingham maybe bounces back from where he was last year. Maybe he's healthy and he bounces back. The problem with that is if Willingham bounces back and has a productive year, he won't have a productive year as a twin. He'll have a productive half year as a twin, and they'll move him before the trade deadline, which they should. It'll be a good thing, but he won't be here the whole time. So if any of these guys that are veterans have any type of production, they're going to be gone. Yep, Correa, they'll trade his ass. He's gone. So, I don't know. So the best case scenario that I mean, Terry Ryan is um, has to you know he understands what this team looks like. What do you think he's thinking in his head? Best case scenario, like a seventy-five win season or something. Like is I think that would probably be would be thinking. amazing. Where he can go to the poll ads yep. afterwards and be like, "Hey, look at this. We are moving this thing in the right direction. We picked give up some the, wins this year." Yep. If okay. you gave the, him the proverbial truth serum, sodium pentothal, I yep. think seventy-five. I think you nailed it. That's probably what they're thinking too. They there are no aspirations to win the, the division. They they probably say that. I don't know. I don't listen to their interviews, but there's no way no anybody thinks that. Actually We're already playing the we'll get them next year game, and the games haven't started. No. 
I am not planning to get them next year, Gabe. I am already daydreaming about 2016. Next year. Oh, not even next year. Jesus Christ. They have no chance next year. How the hell will that work out? This is sort of like the younger brother trying to reach the age of his older brother. It just keeps continuing to be this two years away every single year. Yeah. (laughs) What they've got going for him is that Detroit is getting old fast. But they spend money like crazy. They spend money, but man, they're one of the oldest teams. And I think their owners care. Oh, well, Illich does care. Um, I mean, unless unless Paul Thomas Anderson has taken over their organization – (laughs) <laughs> probably care a little bit more than our than our guys. Well, there's only so much you can do. Those old guys are good, and their owners care, but those old guys break down. The Yankees see it, where they spend yeah. a lot of money. Their owner cares, but those right. guys get hurt, and there you are. Yeah, that's true. That's the that's the chance the Twins have, is that Detroit's getting old. Some of those guys get hurt. Um, Chicago continues to kind of shit the bed. Kansas City remains Kansas City and never does take that big step. So you're watching that. As long as that, that keeps happening. And then Cleveland, you just hope Cleveland keeps being Cleveland too. Yeah, thank God they're in a shitty division. That really helps. Amen. It really does. Yep. Oh, God. John wins. Ugh. I'm going to say they win 73 games and the last <laughs> weekend of the season – there's all these articles in the paper about how the team really doesn't want to lose 90, and it's a point of pride and has all these quotes from players about saying ridiculous things like, yeah, we don't want to lose 90. Uh, we don't want to lose any games, and it's just ridiculous, yeah, and I hate that's it. That's a great – starting – there'll be a quote in the paper, starting shortstop Doug Bernier. Quote, <laughs> <laughs> it's a like point of pride. It's, we don't want to lose 90. Yeah, fucking A. So that's my point. Mm. All right, the second thing we wanted to talk about, I think, is guys who will have a worse year than than they did last year or than everyone expects, and my challenge is to pick somebody other than Brian Dozier because that one's pretty obvious. Okay. We'll okay. start with Stu again? Yeah, let's start with Stu again. Well, okay, what was the question? I'm sorry. I just ran, just posted a picture of a broken uh, smoke alarm. <laughs> that made me laugh. Did he really? <laughs> Good. He really did. Oh, that's funny. Did it appear to be something he pulled off the internet, or did it appear to be a smoke alarm that he took out of his house and broke? Like was, I, would hope, I would hope it was from the internet because he does have a child on the way, and you need to have those alarms, you know, good to that's go. True. So. Okay, question, John. All right, so I want you to pick one twin to have a worse year than everyone expects him to. We're going with Dozier. the worst. Yeah, other than The challenge is to do it other than Dozier. Yeah, that was the... Yeah. Well, shoot. Uh, then everyone expects him to? Yeah. Um, boy. Let's go with Joe Maurer. Ooh. Hmm. Why do you why do you hate so much Stu? Yeah, I don't. I just let's just it, I, I don't think he, I, I personally. I just think it's maybe he, that he'll the transition to first base will just be problematic or something. Maybe he just can't get the hang of the scoop or something like that. Or well, the scoops know, are the, complicated. Or he stretches <laughs> and pop stretches, pops a groin, and then he's out for six weeks. So. So, yes, I will pick Joe Maurer mostly because I just don't think I have high expectations for anyone besides him and Perkins. <laughs> that's really, and, and he won't let me take Dozier. So that's, 
Yeah. All right. That's fair. Everyone else, I think, is just kind of, you know, middling. So, I I mean, if, if Trevor Blue sucks, is that going to surprise anybody? No. Nope. No. No, that's expected if he doesn't suck. So if Alex know. Presley doesn't do so well, is that going to surprise anybody? No. 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 Nope. I still okay. don't so, really yeah. know who that is. Exactly. So, <laughs> He's the guy who's going to keep Aaron Hicks in AAA. Or oh, great. Perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's my answer. Joe Maurer will, like, do something. Won't get the hang of first base or he'll hurt himself. So, there. That's that's what I got. All right, Brandon? Um, I know that nobody thinks he's going to do anything, but I think that Kurt Suzuki has, like, nine games left in his career. I mean, he's absolutely done, and he is, as far as I know, penciled in as a starter right now, right? Yeah. He is. Hose meal. That's terrible. I think that's not going to work. He can't, He's coming from a better organization that probably helped him out a little bit better than ours is going to do with our medical staff and our well, inability to use any that. statistics. You say that, but Oakland had him catch 352 games a year for like four straight years. And that's why he's done now. He's like 29 years old, but he's done. <laughs> okay. They well, like, I still think you're proving my point. I think he's over. It's over with for him, right? Yeah, they like flew him to AAA and had him catch the one o'clock game, and then put him on a private jet and <laughs> brought him back to the majors, and he caught a major league game that night. <laughs> the A's don't have a private jet. They put him on like a burrow. <laughs> yeah, like a burrow, <laughs> saddlebags. <laughs> you had to walk alongside it. Oh, along an old he's dusty pulling mountain. the burrow at one point. <laughs> Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> From Sacramento. Or Come on, Eeyore. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Move your ass. Um, yeah, no, I... When I looked at the depth chart, um, which, you know, is obviously um, penciled in at this point, that was the one thing that stuck out for me. It's like, that's, there's no way that's going to happen the whole year. So I think he's done for, and I think that's going to be a huge hole all season for the, for the Twins. All right, Clarence, who you got for a bust? Kevin Correa. He, uh, everybody talks about the, how he overachieved last year. Um, nobody liked the signing last year, but everybody is talking about at the end of last season. Oh, he outperformed his contract. Um, he was the best starting pitcher on the staff. Ugh. Which isn't saying much. Um, I think he'll come back down to earth this season. I think he will be. Well, we we're also going to talk about who I think will outperform mm-hmm. expectations, uh-huh. and I'll save it. But I think that Correa will be out of the rotation by. August and replaced by somebody else. All right, August. You're, that's that's a pretty long leash. I guess I it think, means that nobody in AAA is going to do shit either. No, nah, I think somebody will do shit in AAA. We'll talk about it. But Ooh, okay, the twins, wow. The twi- well, it's not like earth shattering, but I the Twins' way is 
give the guy as much rope as possible so he can fully hang himself, like dead hang himself. Nick and they'll Blackburn either trade him lost or, his spot seven years in a row. Yes, it's a great example. They will, they'll try to trade Korea. They'll cut him. They'll wave him. They'll do something. He won't be a twin in August. He'll come back to Earth. I'm fine with that. Uh, Who's up now? Uh, My pick is going to be Pete Florimon for a bust. I think he'll do fine defensively, and on June 1st, he'll be hitting something historically bad, like 132 or. 097 or something like that. He'll go three straight weeks without getting a hit, and it'll just be one of those horrible, sad stories where eventually his at-bats are almost must-see television because it's like, what can he possibly do again? He'll strike out, <laughs> he'll strike out six times in one game. <laughs> the double sombrero. Yeah. You can't uh, – I don't think – I mean, his defense was was way better than – it was last season. His defense was better than I expected. I will give him that, but you cannot be a starting player in major league baseball and not get on base more than you have to have a higher on base percentage than 0. 0.280. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you it's can't a be a starter. Girl. You can't what the fuck it's this 0. 0.29 0. 0.28. You can't, it's gotta be over three guys get on base more than, 30% of the time, just yeah. please. Uh, organization, just, find somebody who can get on base more than that often. That's right. Just yeah, by standing reasonably deal. close to the plate, you can get on base 17% of the time. That's right. Uh, you got to be higher than 30%. Just at least be that. Have it start with a three. Please? <laughs> is that too much to ask? <laughs> Motherfucker. This is what twins conversations <laughs> have come to, just pleading with the universe. I'm not asking you to hit 20 home runs. I'm not asking you to hit 300. I'm asking you to get on base 30% of the time. Just do that. Strike out as much as you fucking want, Pete. Just get on base once in a while. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. God, this uh, is so depressing. Watching right. his hat-pats, he just doesn't. He's trying to hit a home run. The guy weighs 140 pounds. He weighs 140 Fucking pounds. He's, he's just up two. there swinging as hard as he effing can at every pitch. <sighs> from both sides of the plate. I know. It's that not like he's a head. slap hitter on one side and he's trying to hit from power from the other side. He's taking gargantuan home run <laughs> derby cuts every time at the plate. Son of a bitch. All right. I'm sorry. I got off track. All right. Stu, your pick for a guy who's going nope. to exceed expectations. Oh, okay. A guy who's going to exceed expectations. That's what I just said. Boy, Paul Molitor. <laughs> Terry Steinbach. I predict he will be the interim manager of by Labor Day. There, percent chance for exceeding expectations. That Molitor and Gardy get in a fist fight in the dugout. It's, oh, that would be it's, awesome. It's a. Uh, it's higher than Florimond's on base percentage. That's absolutely true. <laughs> yeah. Of those two getting in a yeah. fist fight. What are the chances been... that Molitor and Terry Steinbach get into a St. Paul versus New Ulm fist fight? <laughs> oh, those would be good. That would be good. <laughs> that would be good. Just two hairiest forearms and yeah. baseball. <laughs> Just some grievance from Williams town from in the stands. In 1976 <laughs> when Molitor was 19 and Steinbach was yep. 16 and they were both playing town ball. 
Just some old grievance that's been festering for three decades. It just finally comes out. You stole our igloo cooler, you son of a bitch, (laughs) from the Union Hill bar. They're good coolers. I I can get being mad about that. Yep. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that's my prediction. Do we really think Molitor is is that is that how I, I haven't really been paying attention to uh, to our beat reporters? Is that really the the thing that he's going to be the next guy? Well, yeah, it seems like he's been lined up to be the next guy for about ten straight years now. He's like Tony Dungy in Gophers football. Just every okay. time you talk about who would be next, everyone's like, "Well, there's always Paul Molitor." Even though but he's inching closer, yeah, at least I mean he is inching inching closer. Yeah, but he, has he managed a team ever? Uh, I don't think so. I don't so, think so, but to. Robin Ventura hasn't, hadn't either, and he got hired for the White Sox last yeah, year. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a prerequisite. Not that Robin Ventura is who you really want to use as an example here. If you want, no. Well, he did get his ass beat by a 60-year-old pitcher one time, so yeah. <laughs> he's doing something right. Um, no, I, I, and obviously it doesn't matter who manages the team, but I'm just curious if he's the, no. the heir apparent he is, though. Everybody, pretty much, there's so much smoke around that. There's got to be a fire. Everybody says he is. He's okay. now on the bench. Um, yeah, it's it's got to be that. Boy, I wish we had some owners that would pay more attention to just, well, next guy down. <laughs> no, they're reading scripts. Oh, man, so much looking good at Burger uh, 3. Doing some scouting. Wait, there scouting was a good Burger 2? takes forever. Yeah, there was. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad we established that. All right. I, I'm interested to see who this is. Clarence, who's your pick for somebody to exceed expectations? It's not earth shattering, John. It's Kyle Gibson. Oh. He kind of fell off everybody's radar. I honestly uh, thought the way you led into it, it was going to be Vance Worley. That's, I didn't mean to build it up that That's why I'm kind of backpedaling and downplaying. I think Kyle oh, Gibson, God. I mean, he's another year removed from Tommy John. Uh, He's apparently throwing the ball well, which is a good sign. Is he throwing um, the living fire out of it? He's throwing the living fire. Um, it's really coming oh. out of his hand well. Oh, that's uh, great. But, no, he he's going to be start the season at AAA, which is going to piss him off, and I think he's just going to bust his ass to get back up. I think somebody's going to get hurt. My guess is it's Correa is either going to get hurt or just not just shit the bed completely, just get shelled, and they'll call Gibson back up. He'll be the first guy called back up. And I think he's just going to tear up AAA, and he's going to be banging on the door, and he's going to have a great season. He's my Old Gibsy. Yep. Everybody kind of forgot about him. They're, you know, they're talking about the three guys that are fighting for that fifth starter spot, Worley, Deduno, and... and uh, Diamond? Diamond, but uh, it's only because they're out of options. I think Gibson's obviously the best of, the, of those. He's better than any of those three. And he'll show it eventually. Yeah, and at some point somebody will get hurt. Correa will get hurt. Or, yeah, that's my it, point. It's not too far off. So, yep. All right, Brandon, who's your pick? Um, I'm going to go with uh, Joe Mauer, Joseph Mauer. What? Does that count? Can I do that? Well, yeah. You have to establish what overperforming what everybody expects means. There has to be some threshold that we can measure you by so that gonna, we can make fun of you later on. Are you going Amount to jump on my prediction he, that he hits 20 home runs this year? Yeah, yeah, I think he'll hit 20. I think catching's a lot more difficult than people think uh, on your body and especially on your legs. And if he gets his legs underneath him, he might be able to show some more power. Um, 
I think Maurer's Redemption Tour starts this year. Starts now with all of the rubes. I think he'll turn it around a little bit. At least, yeah, doubles, homers, whatever. I think he's going to be... My only threshold is people will hate him less by the end of the year. So it's not that he'll hit 350 or something like that. or It's more that just people will hate him less. I'm thinking more about his... I think I think his power numbers will come up more than people are expecting. Okay. Um and I think we're still, I'm still a little unclear on exactly how hated he is or how loved he is. Cause it, it mm-hmm. seems to be like a very polarizing deal. Um, and maybe the minority is just extremely vocal, um, and illiterate, but, um, <laughs> I do think that those morons will probably like him a little bit more after this year. Um, cause he'll stay healthier and play more and all that sort of stuff. And they just don't appreciate, um, catching and the toll it takes. So that's, that's my thing. I will say this, Brandon, and I hate it when people talk about you. Know, back when I played eighth grade baseball, or when I was a punter in the eighth grade football team, it, it's not comparable to the pros. But I will say this: just I think you're right that people don't understand how hard catching is. I caught when I started, you know, nine years old through high school into college. Uh, town ball. Finally, I my knees just gave up. Couldn't couldn't catch anymore. Couldn't do it even if I wanted to. They had got a young catcher in town ball. I thought it was the greatest thing ever. Fuck, yeah, yeah. let him catch. And then I moved, got moved to first base. And I got out to first place, had never played it before. and was Doing like, like snow angels. Holy shit, <laughs> is this easy. Holy crap, is this nice out here. Why didn't you guys tell me about this before? Because this yeah. is fucking paradise out here. Basically, you just stand out here with your Johnson in your hand and... Uh, I played first, that's exactly what we did, yes. I have to move, like, four feet at the very most, and the dugout's basically, like, right there, and then... Oh, the first base dugout? So great. (laughs) And someone throws you a ball, like, underhand, like, at the end of the inning, so that you can keep it in your glove for infield the next inning. Yeah, it's just, holy crap, is that easy. The hardest thing about playing first base is um, when you catch the uh, ground out for the third out of the inning, try to get it right back on the rubber afterwards, like yeah, get it on the mound. That's the yes. biggest challenge you have. If you really concentrate, it's it's up, it's up, it's going to stay. Oh, it rolled down. Oh, it's back in the grass. <laughs> and then you go in, the dog out, loser. you sit on your butt, and uh, you don't have to put equipment. You don't have to kneel down. You don't. Nobody's trying to run in. you over. Yeah. <laughs> the ump isn't right there crouching over you with his B.O. and his nah. bad breath. Put it you in, fiddle through dick for a while, and walk back <laughs> out next inning. <laughs> That's <laughs> the best ever. God, that was easy. God. So, yes, I see your point. I know what I went through is not comparable to a Major League Baseball player. But even what you did, games. I feel like you're a top 2% biggest badasses in the world because I will bend down to like pick up something from on the ground of my son's toys, and I stand up and my knees hurt. Like just one time bending down, and that's just over and over and over. So I don't think people, anybody who gives him shit, should just have to go in the backyard and stand up and crouch down for four minutes. And I think they'll that's understand true. a little bit more the plight he's going through. It's true. Just um, just do the catcher position for fifteen minutes. Just try it. it. Just watch a baseball game in the catcher position, and uh, see how you feel. Uh, one game it would be impossible. I don't think I think very few people could do it. You're gonna feel like shit. Yep. Yeah, I was going to go with Hicks here because you know he's a young guy, but I don't know how much opportunity he's going to get. Do we have any idea? Is there is there some talk about he's going to be no. back? Or the, the talk is he's got to play his way back. He's not. He lost his 
you know, they gave it to him last year. He lost that now. He's got to earn his way back, and all accounts is he's kind of a knucklehead. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know him. Maybe he's the greatest guy, the smartest guy in the world. Never met him either. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Interesting. Um, do we have – John, Are you have you done yours yet? No, I haven't. And part of the problem here is that my first pick was going to be Joe Mauer. And then you took Joe Bauer. You guys are homers. Yeah. Oh, my God. So and basically, you're all picking Minnesotans. Yeah. Paul Molitor, Joe Mauer, you fucking homers. Then I, oh my then God. I thought, all right, so Brandon just took Joe Mauer. I think I want to pick Aaron Hicks. And then you mentioned Aaron Hicks, too. And so now I don't even need to be here. I'm just going to turn my mic off and let you guys go for a while. Just just go with Perkins. Come on. I mean, it's, it's right. so yeah. obvious. Perkins. Glenn Perkins will save 75 games this year. Jesus Christ. Caleb Peelbar. That's it. I mean, there's really nobody else that um, – well, Arcia could be a guy, right? He's a candidate. Oh, Willingham could and... be a guy. Willingham could outperform where I'd let you. Yeah, could be the guy. Uh, you know what? Florimund could. I doubt it, but he could. Uh, he could having an on-base percentage all. of 320 would exceed expectations. Well, let's say he hit 270 and had an on-base percentage of 320. That would be – Vastly outperforming what anybody expects. Yeah, if he, he walks twice this year, defense, it'll vastly outperform expectations just, for him. He continues the same defense and hits 270 and 320. Uh, that would be a pretty big step forward for Pete Florimore. All right. I feel pretty good about this. I'm sure we'll be right about everything there because we're always right about everything. Especially when it comes to predictions and nobody will remember six months from now. <laughs> so even our surprises that we or our, you know, guys who are going to outperform, none of those are really going to get me to tune in to watch the game to see if Mauer does a little bit better. Um, well, there's one person that will get you to tune in and watch a Twins game this year, and it's Byron Buxton. That's it. But he won't be on the team. Not till September. Okay, so... Is there anything like? Can you please just put on your um, put on your Rand hats right now and be like just laughably optimistic? What is going to make casual fans Hicks getting called up early in the season? Um, I will be excited uh, to Gibson watch getting called up early. Anybody Ugh. that I think will be a significant contributor in 2016. I okay, will so Arcia, really, really good point. That's a fantastic yeah. point. Arcia. Arcia is who we've got. Opening day, the only thing we give a shit is I want to see Arcia have a solid game. That's right. Arcia, Gibson. And Maurer, maybe. Alex Meyer, if he gets called up halfway through the year, that would provide some excitement. Trevor May. Um, Gibson. Hosmiel Pinto, yeah. if he gets back down under 310 pounds. Hosmiel. Yep. Yeah, he'll be there. Kurt Suzuki's yeah. going to break in half soon. So. You know, Pete Foreman gets hit by a... Maybe they end up bringing Danny Santana up eventually in September. He'd be another guy I'd like to see. I, fuck, I don't. Where's know. that? Where is old Dan Santana going to start this year? Do we know? Will he be at Double A or Triple A? Double oh, A, right. I think. So, right? Fairly advanced. Yeah, it's all about apparently just fielding for him. Can he stick at shortstop? I don't know. Ah, just treading water is the worst, man. It sucks. Sano was really going to be the most fun thing to watch this year. God, that would have been fun if he could have been up for four months. Would you turn the station if he got up at, during a major league at bat? Who the hell would walk away? You would just stand there and wait till he struck out or hit one off the fucking uh, sneaky Pete's. 
and then <laughs> you go do whatever else you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus. So what? As as far as I know, he was advised to get Tommy John, and then he just didn't or something. No. I mean, no. I wish somebody would. Other way around. Yep. They advised him not James Andrews, no less of an authority than Doctor James Andrews, told him not to get Tommy John last fall. Told him not to get it because he thought it would heal because he's not a pitcher. Yeah, he thought he first, would rest uh, in rehab would work. So yeah. first, the Twins doctors told him not to. Well, he got a second opinion. Here's from the thing: Andrews, you can't listen to anything him, the Twins doctors say. It's my point. So he got a second opinion, and Andrews said, "I agree, don't." Sano said, "I don't want to, anyways." So there you had three layers of people saying, one, the twins said not to, Andrew said not to, and Sanoa said he didn't want to to begin with. So there you go. That there's no way that there's actually just one James Andrews on the planet, right? Cause he's a lot. We know one. He's a friend of the podcast, Jim Andrews. Oh, yeah, Jim Andrews. <laughs> is, that, is that one of the people that is seeing some of these athletes? Because I swear to God, every fucking athlete in all four sports goes to James Andrews for something. So there's got to be like nine different James Andrews at this point. Yeah, what is or the waiting room like? is, Or the waiting room is just like the green room at the ESPYs or something. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in like Alabama or something. Isn't there Mississippi? It's not even in Mobile, uh, uh, Either Mobile or Montgomery, one of the two. Yeah, it's not in any major metropolis. So you have to make a special trip to Montgomery, Alabama, to go yeah. see this guy. Amazing. And now I hate him. <laughs> I hate his guts. Um, uh, yep. Rest and Rehab worked for one guy nine years oh. ago, and we've just been banking on it's the old rule versus exception thing, and the twins mm-hmm. are just on the wrong end of it every goddamn time this happens. They're Was on the wrong any... end of pretty much everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're on the right end of um, Oscar trophies. <laughs> yes, win a lot of We Academy lead the awards. league in owners that have Academy Our Awards. Trophy case I... is uh, two old World Series things and a bunch of Oscars. Steinbrenner's kids don't have any Oscars, right? No, I mean they don't. Yeah. Nope, that's us. That's us, motherfuckers. That's all we've got to to brag about for the next at least two years. Some, some good Coen brother movies. All right. So in a happier story, Stu went to the science museum and wants to tell us all about that. No, uh, I don't know uh, the story sorry, at all. Clarify that. I, I did not go to the science museum, but um, my daughter, uh, my youngest one has a, a field trip there next week and they get to stay overnight in the dinosaur room. Really? What? Yeah, I mean, that's cool. I mean, she's a fourth grader. I mean, that's the perfect age. Well, actually, to be fair, I'd like to sleep in the dinosaur room right now. I think that'd be kind of fun. <laughs> I, was I, say, I don't think that is a perfect age to sleep in the dinosaur room. Order a couple pizzas, 12 pack, and just kind of hang out and look at dinosaur bones. That's a pretty good Thursday night right there. What's up, Mastodon? How's it going? Yeah. Yeah. Give a knuckle. Yep. <laughs> that's cool. So, yeah, exactly. I'd, I'd, I'd be okay with that. But anyway, she uh, she's doing that next week, and she's pretty enthused about it. And it just kind of got me, because they've had a lot of popular exhibits there. And um, I think they had, like, that one where they had, like, the, the human corpses. Yeah, that were, like, inside you know, out humans. With, with the wieners. Inside out humans yeah. and all. And with the I wieners. just figured I was I just wanted to share um, a list of my personal favorite ones they've had there. <laughs> And oh, I no. don't know that they're all that well known. Okay. So I, cause I know. I mean, it's been around for like I think thirty, thirty-five years. So yeah, these are science museum deep cuts for sure. 
So these you are know, yeah, a young guy like Brandon probably doesn't remember some of these. So no, Science I'm just, Museum exhibit. Just graduated high school. Yeah, so I'm just going to read off my personal favorites here. Um, uh, poking a body with a stick, the interactive <laughs> one. That that was a pretty cool one. That one was there when um, I was a kid. That was like 1986. Yeah, yeah that I think it was a tie-in with Stand By Me, if I remember right. <laughs> oh, that creeped me um, out. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, same, same here. Um, Boone and Erickson present their favorite off-mic ethnic jokes. <laughs> that, was a, that, was that one actually was controversial wasn't one. I'm not going to lie to you. It was just the, 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 Poli- the, oh. the Polish consulate in town did not care for it at all. <laughs> that actually oh. it wasn't an exhibit. It was just Roger Erickson and Charlie Boone sitting in the lobby talking without <laughs> microphones. Five exactly. percent of our listeners know who either of those two people are, and the old, the old dudes. Who, we have a we have we have a pretty like tight knit squad of old dudes who listen to this, and they loved that joke. I guarantee. They did. Oh, I laughed lightly. My dad killed. My dad thought that was a great joke. He does not listen to this. Your dad does not. You're such a liar. Oh, you lie. What's happening, Dad? How you doing? Um, How's Hawaii? Oh Fun man, sex. Um, the Chamber of Farts. <laughs> um, that's that self-explanatory. Farts are always funny. Um, <laughs> observe a homeschool parent awkwardly navigate their oldest child's many questions about these million-year-old fossils. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was probably overly mean. That's um, a classic. Oh that's, lord, that's at everyone. That's at every um, side of PCA everywhere. The the one the one parent who's chaperoning who. Doesn't want their kids to learn about science at all. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, hey, oh, Charlie, what about the drinking fountain over here? Let's go look at that. <laughs> Nothing wrong with kids named Charlie. Don't learn um, about geology. Um, yeah, you son of a bitch. Um, Carter touched a boob. One eighth grader's true story. <laughs> 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 sorry about that. Um, really sorry. Um, Neil deGrasse Tyson explains the errors of fact in your child's favorite science fiction movie until he or she cries. <laughs> also, not actually an exhibit. It's just Neil deGrasse Tyson there pointing out. Hanging and out. Stuff. Oh, you like Empire Strikes Back, huh? Here's why you're an idiot, Johnny. Yeah, he's a real buzzkill. He's handing out signed photos of Bill Nye with swear words written on him. <laughs> just to try to tear down the Bill Nye Empire. Anyway, keep going. Shove an unpopular kid into a Van de Graaff generator. <laughs> thing the, you put your hand on it and your hair goes up. So you take the, like the heavy kid and just push him into it. And he, he gets all staticky. So. Oh, um, um, the mysterious world of things found in area water treatment plants. Dead goldfish, tampon applicators, and the watermelon-sized condom wad found by Harold Anderson, city employee, Austin, Minnesota. <laughs> condom wad. <laughs> A watermelon-sized condom. That one's based uh, on a true story, for the record. Oh, uh, God, what is this true story that it's based on? It's you change uh, the it city. Could be, it's very possibly apocryphal. So, let's just say Rimmel County has city employees that I know. Um, the ditches of rural Minnesota, essential for agriculture, hiding cases of bushlight drafts finagled by underage dum-dums. Um, let's see. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what was the start of that one? I've done that one. The ditches of rural Minnesota, essential for agriculture and hiding cases of bushlight draft, finagled by underage dum dums. <laughs> why? Why do people guilty. hide stuff in fields of all things? 
There's so many indoor hiding places that no one will ever think to look. Well, I think we're not hiding it on somebody's property, so you're not trespassing. And, uh, well, it's a ditch, you know. You can kind of just throw stuff in there if the cops are chasing you, and then, you know, there you go. It's the best I could come up with. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's Um, good. That's good. The KQRS playlist from March 1979 that is still used today, celebrating the 35th (laughs) anniversary of Kansas's Point of No Return being played every goddamn day. How does Point of No Return go? You're generation, man. I don't get you guys. You can't see me playing air keyboards, but I'm fucking <laughs> rocking them. I bet. Um, wh- one of us using the scientific method to determine which celebrities are from Minnesota. Yeah, all of them. If they've driven through, if they've driven through, yeah. if they can point out an estate, it, they're ours. That's that's the one owner rider fallacy. Yes, we, I actually we're very familiar with. That I actually one. for sports figures, I actually have this written down somewhere. I wrote up a set of rules about whether somebody's one of us or not. Can you give a quick Cliff Notes version of it? Uh, the Just Cliff Notes version is two being sentences. The, the, in two sentences. Zach Parisi is one of us. T.J. Oshie isn't one of us. Okie doke. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's clear as a bell. <laughs> yep. One more to go here, guys. All right. The Burnsville Center bathroom toilet seat that actually can make you pregnant with an AIDS baby and other suburban mall wonders <laughs> presented by <laughs> Auntie Anne's pretzels. <laughs> oh, God. So, Couldn't get Orange Julius to sponsor that one, could we? So, so some of those were, those are some of my favorite ones growing up, and I um, oh, just wanted to share with you guys. It takes me back. Um, it really does. So. Mm. I remember uh, was, yeah. I was in that, uh, was in that dining car downtown St. Paul. Mickey's Diner. Uh, in Mickey's Diner for like an uh, hour and a half before I realized it wasn't the Science Museum of Minnesota. <laughs> just, the people, just looking at the people in there. Like, oh, oh, motherfucker. Roomy. Got me some, yeah, pancakes. And I was like, oh. You can definitely learn some things at Mickey's Diner if you're there on the right time of day. One or two. Yep, one or oh, two. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a great list, Stu. Oh, thank, thank you, Clarence. Thank you for bringing it oh, yeah. into my life. Yeah, ah, you know. it was good. Yep. We needed some levity. I, it's, it was just really. I knew it was going to be a depressing podcast because yeah, two weeks in a row. Our listeners, for those who don't know, uh, we do we do actually create a list of things to talk about for this thing. And Clarence basically just said so no, and then a sound of a gunshot was his. Uh, <laughs> his yeah. So yeah, I knew it was well. going to be tough, and I kind of had a bad half. feeling about yeah. the Timberwolves game tonight. And uh, did they lose? So. Yeah. They- oh yeah. Let's talk Timberwolves mostly to make fun of Michael Rand right now. Well, can we make fun of Brandon too? Because sure, that's fine. February and March were supposed to be the months that they made hay. Like nope, that. just March. Remember? Just March. February, January, and February. Keep your head above water. Make a run in March. And so March far, so good. How so? To what? Denver and New York. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> they were like. I I was not thinking that they were going to do anything. I think I don't know why you're directing your ire at me. This is all Mike. <laughs> he wrote a post today, fucking today. That this he thought morning, he had a chance. and I there told him how drunk right he was. Now, with like said, 19 games left, 
you are fucking high. That's that was my comment directly, and uh, he just said no. He's Mister Optimism. It uh, today's Optimism Day. He's turning a new leaf. Mister Page Views. By uh, that was what like two of this afternoon, and by yep. eight eight thirty p.m. tonight, he was already back. Yeah, off the bandwagon, and uh, I mean it's been over for a long time. It's it's all over, but the crying at this point. So. <sighs> I, I don't really bad. pay much attention. I feel bad because you guys just keep setting yourself up for believing. You guys, who are you talking about? You. Get me off this. Get me off this train. I want off. I projected them to be 46 wins well, a long time ago. Right now I'm sticking with 43. I'm fine with that. Um, and I just need to get above. I need to get to 40 to get my money back from Vegas. That's all I care about these days. I don't even watch them. So. So bitter, man. Very bitter. I don't blame you. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. But yeah, I don't really know what... Because I, I, I didn't really pay much attention to the game tonight, so I don't really know what to tell you. I know that they lost to a very one of the worst teams in the league, um, which is bad, which is not good. They had... Oh, very I, bad. I think they had five games in a row here. Well, they'll probably be pretty decent-sized favorites. And for them to have even a prayer of like a, you know... Eat still less than a coin flip. They needed to run the table with all five. So mm-hmm. before they even got started on a run, they lost the first of those five. So that's uh, that pretty much <laughs> puts that out the of the most, picture. So the most winnable one, the by far the most winnable one. So right now they need to get for them to make the playoffs. They need to get um, some lucky victories. They need um, Mark Gasol from the Grizzlies to. Uh, um, murder Goran Dragic and then get arrested for the crime and then the Grizzlies and the Suns will probably be out of the picture. So that's, I mean, I don't know, guys. Do you think that's likely that one NBA star murders another one and gets caught immediately? Well, they're Eastern European, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Both so that's the scales a little bit. There might be some beef. Not entirely unlikely. No. Them getting caught seems unlikely. I mean, that's yeah. what they do is kind of espionage tape. Maybe it's one of those action movies where they just kill each other. They shoot each other in the face simultaneously. Oh. And then the, it cuts away to like a scene and then you don't know who died. And then and then it that fades back in and you see like a playoff game at Target Center. And you know that they both died. That's genius. It's and genius. Bill Polad scene. <laughs> Produced by Phil Polad. Uh Yeah, there you go. There's your there's your um, movie. Um, so yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, we uh, we covered a lot of disappointment and heartache. A lot of ground. It felt tonight. good to have a therapy session. The Wilds are giving us a little bit of hope, glimmer of hope. They're trying. <laughs> They're fucking scrapping. They're, they're trying to get better. We'll see. While they're, they're getting there, um, Gophers are probably still decent at some sports. I think that's all we got here, guys. No draft picks for the Vikings to coming up to save us. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a little while till we till the light at the end of the tunnel. I would say. Yeah, well, we got we Gopher close? hockey, Stu. We got Gopher hockey. Gopher okay. hockey. They're gonna awesome. win the Big Ten. 
Oh, oh boy, the vaunted Big Ten title. Holy shit. <laughs> is St. Cloud State going to win the tradition rich. Is St. Cloud State going <laughs> to win the National Collegiate Hockey Conference too? No, I think North Dakota is probably going to take it. I think they got an easier weekend coming up here if I remember right. That's disappointing. I, I think. Yeah, I know. I mean, no one likes North Dakota. Say what you want about St. Cloud, but we can all band together and hate North Dakota pretty easily. We sure can. Shoulder to oh, shoulder, yeah. we stand here. Shoulder to shoulder, arm in arm. Hating North Dakota. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, so we'll see how that works out. But, is, you know, well, is Duluth going to I was going to say tournament? hot goalie theory. It's not like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> is Duluth going to make the tournament, Brandon? Do you know? Do, uh, no, I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> Duluth, Georgia? Why did I even ask that question? What was Why I thinking you... right there? <laughs> yeah, what is the atomic you, weight of plutonium? Are you breaking me? What <laughs> <laughs> do you know that? My nap. <laughs> uh, maybe on a bright note, Stu, can we close on uh, our guest for next week? Yeah, so talk, we, have landed, we have landed Amelia Reno for... Um, Next week's uh, sportive podcast to talk about gopher basketball. Could Hopefully, get. not as depressing as uh, as uh, this one was, but I guess it'll depend on what happens on Sunday. I think uh, they it, have. It might be. Penn, Penn, is it Penn State at home? That is correct. Yeah. Penn State think, at home. And yeah, so we'll probably have a better idea of where they're sitting and how many games they have to win in Indianapolis uh, next week. So we'll be uh, previewing. Um, Go for basketball tournament hopes and dreams and maybe talk about what the hell just happened with Odo Ocean X no longer on the program. And, I think we'll uh, know more be, by then, or do you think it'll be just a constant secret with this? Well, hopefully he publishes, uh, he publishes a what's-his-name style letter. Who is that wide receiver? I've forgotten his name now. Oh, shit, we just talked oh, about oh, him. Oh, that guy. A.J. Barker. A.J. Barker. AJ Barker. <laughs> his mom's friend said he's a hard worker. <laughs> <laughs> Our best joke so far tonight was just mentioning a thing that happened. Yeah. <laughs> That's not great, no, but still. Yeah. Holy crap. But that yeah. is only something a 19-year-old, 20-year-old kid could write and just yep, defend. It's just one of those things. You're young so hard. and uh, not those quite aware of how the world works. And those millennials. Something you're right. The worst. God, uh, but so we'll bad. talk to her about uh, hoops. We'll talk to her about some, isn't she into like Bigfoot? Yep. Bigfoot, uh, bourbon, mm-hmm. and gluten allergies, I think. Are <laughs> the big that's three. Her, that's her wheelhouse outside of basketball. My God, I can't wait. You guys got to yeah. behave yourselves. I, I'm worried about you three. Oh, uh, we'll be fine. I don't know. You guys get kind of out of hand a little bit. Oh, no, we do. <laughs> but, a little, uh, little bit worried about it's your charming behavior. Though, right? We're charming well, as hell. It'll be it's fine. A, it's more inappropriate Oh, I know, but for God's sake, she works at her newspaper. She can give as good as she can get. I'm certain of that. We'll see. Tune in next week. (laughs) Tune in next week. Forget about this crappy podcast. You shouldn't have even listened to this. (laughs) Just delete this one right now. Yeah, Yeah, last week week was terrible, too, so. We'll pay you back. You know, if you haven't listened to that one, go ahead and delete that one and just get ready for next week. Yep. And if she, and if she yeah. asks about, I'll we'll just like maybe call Donnelly at home and see if he wants to talk about stuff. So, sure good idea. So there you go. That would be, but yeah, just as good. That's uh, that's next better. week. So, well, well set. It was good to have Stu back this week. I know that it was good to be back, guys. Thank you for having me. 
Good bit, bro. Really appreciated that. That that was it helpful. Was. Perfect. Nice. I do what I can. Better bits. It'll it'll go on our ten minute long best of the sportive episode. Because <laughs> that was seven and a half minutes. Hopefully. Yep. Exactly. Don't have much content. Then it'll so every Stu, time Clarence has uh, said a swear word on the entire podcast, just three. Oh, that'll be a lot. Clarence a lot longer than ten minutes, then. Oh yeah. Yeah. That ketchup rant alone was like forty-five <laughs> minutes long. Unforgettable. It really was. Oh, my God. So. Well, Stu, should we go watch? Uh, yep. We're gonna go watch Carrie the Russell. now. Give her husband and <laughs> the old BJ. Yep, mm. that's I think what we're going to do here. So, All right, we'll, we'll listen to KGB. This is the only podcast that has to end for a television show in the era of the DVR. Keep <laughs> well, it old uh, school, man. Clar- yeah. Clarence's is broke, so we oh, that's true. Really, All right, oh, we better stop then. It's fixed. Look, here, here, here it is. I'll show you a picture of it. There it is. It's brand new. Right out of the box. She's <laughs> all set up and everything. Ooh. But, Stu, I lost, what, three episodes of Justified. They're gone. Right. I can't. Uh, sorry. And they don't replay them. When, when can you see oh, them again? Don't. So, yeah, they don't know. Really yeah. what does a guy do? Do you just pick it up? Or do Go you to Wikipedia wait? and read you know, the. You, you read get the, the Hulu or you get. Uh, Amazon, Amazon Prime has them. Amazon Prime carries them. Amazon Prime has them. So. I right. I $2 a piece. No, yeah. $6. I got a login. I'll give you my login, Clarence. Now we're talking. All right. <laughs> way go. around the system. That's Good what morning. I like. I no. like ways around awesome. the system. Are, Are we right. still recording? Hang it up, guys. Yeah, no. this... All right, we'll see you. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll see you. Thanks for boys. listening to anyone who's actually still listening through us talking about Clarence's DVR there. Uh, uh, yeah, 50 episodes. It's hard to believe. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.